0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link
1: in the show description to support now.
0: Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup, meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow, Hi there, and welcome. Welcome to Overflow with Kimberly Snyder. I'm your host, and I am thrilled. I'm really coming out of my skin so excited. Welcome to season three. We are moving into season three of Overflow with Kimberly Snyder, and this is going to be a season of pivot and raising the bar. And really, if you've been listening and joining our conversation, from the beginning, Overflow started out with a lot of conversation around self-care. And about a year ago, you know, the pandemic had started. Um, It was happening across the globe. And I was really worried about your self-care. And by self-care, I think of mind, body, and soul self-care, taking care of the things that you love, your studies, your academic pursuit, but also your sense of adventure, as well as nourishing your soul, whether that's reading a good book, going for a hike, or a bubble bath, as I've always joked. And I've talked a lot about taking care of you, your own self-care, so that you can take care of your business, your big job, the team, the team around you, and all the family and friends that are also relying on you. But now we're into season three, and we are going to pivot and really raise the bar. It's time to talk about your leadership, your strengths, and the team that surrounds you. And I am thrilled. I'm over the moon excited to welcome Micah Laurenk. I'm sorry, Micah, I did, we didn't talk about how to pronounce your last name, but Micah is a corporate management dropout, he calls himself. He's a corporate management dropout turned leadership, relationship, team development coach, and he has some great insights to share. He's based in Austin, Texas, and he is a Gallup-certified Clifton Strengths coach. I call it the Strengths Finder, but it has been rebranded as the Clifton Strengths. He is a true believer in the power of positive psychology. He calls himself a chronic optimist. Micah really especially enjoys working with groups and teams. He has nearly a decade of facilitating experience with an emphasis on strengths-based development workshops for teams from startups to Fortune 500 companies. He has also been a speaker at various conferences, including South by Southwest, Building Business Capability. He is a regular podcast guest on many podcasts, and he is a fantastic co-hoach of Dominate Your Day, a clubhouse club, which I enjoy thoroughly. He's a dad and a father of three, including one adopted daughter, making them a mixed race household. He's a proud dad. Welcome, Micah, and thank you so much. And I would say our challenge to you is, do you know what your strengths are? And do you lean into your strengths? Do you lean into your strengths and encourage the team and the people that are important to you to lean into their strengths? I would suspect, my suspicion is, that you challenge yourself and likely others to improve their weaknesses. And today's conversation is going to challenge you to turn up the volume on those strengths. Be aware of what those strengths are because sometimes you overuse your strengths and that's what actually becomes the weakness. But when we are self-aware about our strengths, we are empowered, I would say to Perform better, to be aware of our behaviors and our reactions. The Clifton Strengths helps us provide some language around what we think is natural for everyone. The way I think, the way I behave, the way I react, I figure everybody has that. And it turns out with the Clifton Strengths, it gives some. Language and some words and phrases around how I think and react, and how others think and react. And it's interesting as Micah shares his insight about him and his wife and how they operate and how they are, how they interact. I too, here in in my uh, in my life, I am an activator, and it turns out my husband Paul has deliberative in his top five strengths. So we'll talk more about this, but Micah shares an example of him being an activator. So like enjoying activating and starting new projects and his spouse is deliberative. So thinks more deliberately and plans. And so, so interesting that they have talked about their different strengths, how they communicate and how they approach life. And it turns out Paul has deliberative in his strengths as well. So eye-opening for me, I think for you, I'm hoping this will convince you to spend the money on getting your strengths, your full strengths, Clifton strengths, as well as encourage you to think about what are the strengths that you have on your team and how can you leverage each other? How do those strengths dovetail so nicely to make your team what it is? To raise the bar on your leadership as well as your team's mission and achieving their objectives. So, welcome, welcome to season three. Look out, we've got quite a lineup of guests that are happening in season three. And this is our chance to talk about leadership to raise the bar on our strengths and our team. I hope you're inspired. I am so excited for you to hear this podcast, and I can't wait for more to unfold in Season 3. So here we go. Enjoy this episode, and I will put the link to Clifton's Strengths in the notes, as well as all the contacts for Micah. He is an amazing coach, very insightful. He can be reached at his website. His website is Micah, spelled M-I-C-A-H, and his last name, L-O-R-E-N-C.com enjoy this and I'd appreciate all your feedback as we move into season three and we will start another Overflow 911. I'm so excited to work with you and have you think about your own strengths and your own, I would say, emotional intelligence and reaching your own goals in your overflow. It's time. All right. I'm so excited that I'm going to go on and on and here goes the episode. Here we go. Here's our episode for this week. Thanks so much for joining. I would like to just start by saying thank you, Micah, for being here.
1: I'm happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you about this today.
0: I'm really excited too. I do talk about the Strengths Finder, the Gallup Strengths Finder, with leaders. We, in some some situations, we've actually put it into our hiring protocol. So oh, before we even hire them, um, now we don't. St- do the strengths finder assessment for every candidate but when we've got our top pool of candidates that we're seriously considering because the team has done their strengths finder we are interested in knowing what are our top candidate strengths finders and how do they nice. what are their talents and strengths yeah and how would they dovetail nicely into this team that we have so when i met you i thought i'd like to know more about someone who is accredited in the strengths finder and maybe Shed some light with the people that are listening to Overflow on how how we could use the Strengths Finder more to our advantage. And I worry too. Um, I was talking to one leader that sometimes our strengths are used either too much, like they're to our yeah. detriment, like they become our weakness. Oh so, yes, absolutely. But when but somehow when it becomes obvious, like when we notice it, then we can. Kind of adjust. adjust
1: and yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's interesting that we don't have it surprises me how often I hear of people who don't aren't familiar with the Clifton Strengths. So it actually did have a little bit of a rebranding a few years ago where they used to call it the Strengths Finder and now okay. they just call it Clifton Strengths. But the book is the book and the content and the material and even the assessment, they're all the same. So it really right. doesn't matter if you Google Strengths Finder or Google Clifton Strengths, you can purchase. The books that Gallup sells, I think on Amazon, they're like $17 and they come with a free code in the back to get your top five, or you can go straight to the Gallup website and get it. But I am telling people all the time about this and just encouraging them like, go take the assessment, then come back to me and we're gonna talk about it. So it surprises me and it's unfortunate that more people don't know about it. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more deeply about it with you so that people that are listening will realize, hey, I wanna take that too, yes. if it helps me understand myself a little bit better.
0: Yes, I hope so, that's, I hope so, I'm with you. And I think the StrengthsFinders, the, I refer to it as the StrengthsFinder. You can call Strengths... it that, it's totally fine. <laughs> Illegally, the StrengthsFinder helps me as an individual, understand my talents and my strengths, and what I lean on, or where I where I go at, yeah. at my initial reaction. And I think it's also so interesting when leaders get their teams to do the strengths finder as well. And I, this, the past few weeks has been uh, on the topic of human resources has been about um, leaders calling about difficult conversations. Yeah, and what I always think about difficult conversations is the leader has in their head what they think the individual is going to say or how they're going to respond and sometimes the leader wonders how come they're not like me but when we do the (laughs) strengths finder then we can help it's it's a way of saying to them okay let's look at that person's strengths let's look at your strengths and let's see how you're both responding right
1: yeah, that's exactly you, what, what you just made me think of is uh, there's something called the Tuckman model. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of this before. Most people recognize it because it's the stages of the Tuckman model are forming, storming, norming, performing. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. So I've, I've actually met with teams who are putting together, um, at least in my, in my corporate life, they call it a tiger team. Oftentimes something comes up that's really urgent and we got to throw together a tiger team and they've got to take on this work that has an urgent deadline or it's really high stakes. And so they put this team together and all of a sudden, sometimes, a lot of times it's matrixed and a lot of people come from different teams and they've never worked together. And that's where the Tuckman model is, is really commonly talked about. Well, you know, we've got to establish, we've got to form the team. There's going to be a storming phase. Then they're going to get to that norming, like, oh, we understand how to work with one another. And then eventually we get to performing where that team actually really works together well. Mm-hmm. And what I've done a lot in my experience is I kind of act as an accelerator to that process. In, and it's very much similar situations to what you just described. People, and I use the Clifton Strengths Tool or Strengths Finder as like the baseline or the f- kind of the fundamental principle and material for sure. this conversation with mm-hmm. newly formed teams because there's always this period of learning about how other people think and it's so insightful when you hear people describe how they think differently than somebody else and having that uh, understanding that other people may be coming from a different perspective Mm -hmm. accelerates that Tuckman process where we can get through the storming phase especially a lot faster because i know how to work with you i know how you think i know how that's different from the way that i think and the clifton strengths is just What I love about it is it's just language. I mean, it's not, you don't learn anything new about yourself that you didn't really already know, but all of a sudden you have words to describe it. I can explain to you why I am the way that I am or why I think or behave the way that I am. And I can understand why you might be and think and do the way that you do and the way that you are just by having words to describe it, even if it doesn't come naturally for me.
0: Yes. Agreed. And then the group has a common set of languages, a common common language. Right. And I think it's, I think people come with their perspective, but it's also that they come with their priority of thinking. So I think about like an arranger comes and I Mm -hmm. love arrangers because they are always trying to you know figure out the best way they're they're puzzling you can see them thinking and yeah. now that i'm aware of what an arranger is like the words around describing an arranger often i will go to them as i think this is the process and he's already been thinking he's already been arranging <laughs> yeah. or the futuristic i really enjoy futuristic oh, people yeah. too but again like some people are wondering why are, why are you jumping ahead like we're here in today it doesn't cuz that's matter. how i
1: think that yeah
0: that's and, and they, that's where they go. That's right.
1: Well, and what's what's interesting that you just pointed out and, and going back to your comment about the language is a lot of times because it's a strength that we don't have, when you hear somebody else's strength described, a lot of times people have kind of these epiphany moments where like, oh, that's not me at all. And you realize that somebody else is nodding because that is them. Mm-hmm. And They're like, yes, this is how I think. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I understand you better now in a way that I couldn't have before because I don't think that way. And now I, now I can.
0: Would you say Micah that the top five, so I've only done my top five. Maybe you've done, have you done your whole? Oh
1: yeah. I have my full, my full report. They order it from one to 34. There are 34 strengths total. It's awesome. you got to do it, Kim.
0: Really? Kimberly.
1: (laughs) Yes. You, you absolutely need to do the full report because uh, well, go ahead and finish your question. I, I I was just to ask, ask yeah, I
0: was just gonna ask, is it relevant like so if I give you my top five, is one really different from five? And then if I were to do the 34, is five and six really that different?
1: No okay yeah so I think you're you're intuiting what is true from Gallup's research and it's that um, your top 10, Gallup would say that your top 10 oh, are top really 10. your your dominant strengths. Those are the strengths that will come so naturally to you, you don't even have to try. So the idea of getting just your top five feels kind of like you're getting gypped a little bit from knowing even just that number six, that's going to be just as powerful as your number five, your number four, maybe even your number three. Now, I would say your top three are there for a reason. You you probably do have some really strong um, tendencies associated with your top three strengths that made them your very top. But from four to 10, when I work with people, with the clients that I work with, both individuals and teams, I don't even distinguish between their number four and their number eight. It's it's all top 10 to me. And any one of those strengths are a resource to you. It's something that you can expect from yourself and that other people can expect of you too. So just for that alone, knowing your full top 10 is like having a tool belt and only having access to five tools, and the other five are locked in the toolbox. I just It just helps you unlock okay. the other five tools that, that are available to you. In addition, they tell you through the questions that they ask through the assessment, you get from one to N, one to 34, meaning that your bottom five are actually really insightful too, because when you see what lies at the bottom of your list, it's an indicator that you don't think The way that people who do have those strengths in their top strengths, you don't think like those people, it's going to, those things aren't going to come as naturally for you. And that can be just as insightful to know who do I need to partner with in these areas where I'm just not going to think that way. I can give you, I actually give you a great example. Um, My wife and I have two strengths that there are no real opposites. Any of the strengths can work together in in a person in their top five. Agreed. But there are some that are statistically less likely to show up in the top 10 in any one person. Yeah, One of those is one that you and I both share called Activator. And this is a strength where you like getting started. If you have an idea and a decision has been made, it's like, all right, let's do it. So you're quick to jump onto projects, to move forward with something that sounds fun or important. Okay. And-,
0: and my best girlfriend would also say it's called
1: Impulsive. the squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel! Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of, that's the value of having activator is you don't wait, you get things done. You're an an actor or a catalyst. There's another strength. And this is one that my wife has called deliberative. And these are people who are less likely to jump into things impulsively and really think through what could go wrong in any given situation. They want to know, Hey, if we took this action, what Obstacles or risks might prevent us from being able to move forward, and so they're more likely to slow down and think through a situation before taking action. Whereas activators are more like, "Well, let's get started and see what happens, and sure. we'll adjust as we go." Right?
0: I've asked my husband to do <laughs> to do his
1: to do his oh, assessment. Oh my gosh, I do I do coaching with couples all the time, and the way that it usually works is. I'm meeting with an individual and we're going deep into their strengths and they say those exact words, oh my gosh, I need my spouse to take this assessment. And then we'll often bring the spouse in for one of our sessions because it's insightful when you realize you have that language Mm -hmm. to explain why some of these areas of friction in your relationship may have been occurring over the last, you know, who knows how many years you've been together. Even just being able to describe with specific words that we both understand the meaning of, I, we can get to a place of understanding and tolerance for other people and their way of thinking. Instead of seeing a, a partner's way of thinking as a problem to be fixed, it's actually an advantage. It's something to absolutely complement you and to leverage.
0: Totally. And I would say, so one leader that I work for and adore, we have done our strengths finder. She has all thirty four, and nice. it's um, reminding me now in the bottom of her five is context Mm. and context setting is where you know you set the context you remind you know what happened in the past and you lay the groundwork for what I'm about to explain and and sometimes she doesn't have context it's that's in her bottom five she knows that Uh. and sometimes I will be setting context and Mm. and it will I can tell that it kind of rides her a little bit like it (laughs) irritates her so she'll say that's your context but we both need that that as leaders approaching the team we need to set context and she's a high achiever so she has yeah. to achieve she wants to execute get shit done that's yeah, what she wants but yeah. we also have to set context and it so it does cause friction but i think because we've done the strengths finder we i would say we very much respect it in yes. each other And we're able to kind of call it out like, okay, enough context, let's move on.
1: Well, and you can seek it out too. I, when I Mm. was in the corporate world, I had a a team of, of people reporting to me and I knew that I had activator. I like to get started. I like Mm. to learn as I'm totally comfortable not having the answer now and learning as we go and figuring things out as we go. But there are some times that that means my willingness to move forward might be at the expense of something that should have been considered. Am I thinking through all of the obstacles? Am I thinking through all of the risks? Because if I wait until a risk is right in front of me, it might be too late. So what I started to do in my corporate life was I knew the people with high deliberative who were naturally going to see those risks and obstacles, I knew who they were in my life and in my work. So I was able to kind of reflect before getting started in something. I could ask myself, is this, a high-risk, high-reward situation. If it's not, my activator can just go to town right. because it's not, it's not a big deal if I learn as I go. But right. if it is a high-risk, high-reward situation, Pull I seek out my deliberative people and I ask them, hey, this is my plan. What do you see going wrong? Is there something I'm not seeing? And in minutes, they can download things that come so naturally to them. They see things that I never in my life would have seen. So I can take those back and I can make the choice do I agree with their perception? Do I agree with what they're seeing? If I do agree, maybe I need to slow down and I need to come up with a better plan before I move forward. Sometimes I wouldn't agree. You know, I'm okay accepting that risk. Mm-hmm. I appreciate their input, but since this is my decision and my activator's itching, I'm gonna go for it. But I do it knowingly instead of just letting my strengths lead me and getting me into trouble sometimes, which is what kind of awesome. what you started with. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... Sometimes we let our strengths lead us and they can get us into trouble a little bit. And we want to reverse that. We want to be in control. I apply my strengths when I want to, and I do it intelligently.
0: That was the other thing that kind of drew me to want to speak to you. So we have this podcast called Overflow, living in in our overflow. And then we just run eight week session with real people, real leaders in the room. We met every week and it was called Overflow 911 because- Here we are in the here we are in the pandemic. (laughs) And, and it was there was things we talked about difficult conversations, we talked about amygdala hijacks being hijacked and being Mm -hmm. emotionally um, intelligent. We did do our strengths finder at the beginning. And it was interesting that I was challenging the women in the class that sometimes you have your strength and either you use it like I get teased about my activator, like squirrel, there's squirrel. You're starting again, you're <laughs> yeah. starting something new. So you can either use it to a weakness or it hides like it, you don't, you actually haven't shown it to others. Yeah. Um, absolutely. One of the people in the group had relator as one of her top five strengths. And so then it seemed as if because she was doing so much relating in this pandemic as a leader, like she Was I would say she was exhausted, Micah.
1: Wow. Like okay, so what you're what you're describing is kind of the this is a conversation I have with everybody that I coach because when everybody that I coach in teams and in uh, individual coaching, we do their full report. It's just it's insightful to see top to bottom, and um, when we talk about their top ten strengths in particular, I always talk about this kind of spectrum. For each of the strengths where right in the middle of the spectrum is just the natural talent it's the thoughts feelings and behaviors that are associated with somebody who has that talent but when we leverage that talent for good and we leverage it maturely and in a well-developed way that's when it's a strength because it's serving you and it's serving those around you in a healthy way but at the same time, there are other experiences where we leverage those immaturely and they can be kind of raw and underdeveloped. Those are the times when a strength or a talent isn't used as a strength, but rather is used as a weakness or it's, it becomes a weakness of ours that is a hindrance to our success or relationship building. So it's interesting that when people first look at their report from one to 34, they'll go to the bottom and be like, what are, what are my weaknesses? And I'm like, oh, don't be distracted. Those are not your weaknesses down there. Your weaknesses are built into your strengths. And when you think about it that way, it becomes this, really this self-awareness tool to recognize how is my strength being used right now as an activator, when you're letting it lead to impulsive behavior and just like going with the the next squirrel and always letting your activator lead you, you're going to find yourself in situations where it's getting you in trouble more than it's. It's hindering you more than it's helping you but if you recognize oh my gosh i'm i'm like really tempted by this new thing that just came up i know that's my activator you get to kind of pause and reflect and say i have a choice am i gonna is this a good healthy time to let my activator get something started if it is i'm gonna lean in let's do it act like i'm gonna use my activator for my benefit and for other Mm -hmm. people's benefit but if i see that it's distracting me and it's a potential weakness I still have that choice. I'm not gonna let my activator distract me from what's most important. I'm gonna dial it back this time because that's the right thing to do. Do you have any
0: suggestions for a relator?
1: Yes, so relators, what's interesting about relators is there's kind of a a misconception about what it means. Relators love deep, meaningful relationships and they are good at creating deep, meaningful relationships but because it's almost like you think about breadth versus depth, mm-hmm. you can either have lots of friends and not go deep, or you can go deep and only have a few. Right. Because the energy that it takes a relator to really invest in a relationship means that they can't do it with everybody. Right. So the, p- the plus side, the really healthy relator is that they have good, meaningful relationships with a few people. The negative side and where they can sometimes get in trouble is that they don't, they're not quick to let people in. They kind of have layers and re- and every relator I've ever talked to nods their head when I talk about this, because it's like, I'll let anybody in to that outer layer. If we have even one thing in common, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, you're, you're a cousin, we work on the same team, you know, somebody I know you can come into this first outside layer, but to make it into the next layer, it's deep. It yeah. takes time. It takes trust building. I need to know that I can trust you. Then you come in a little deeper. And then that takes more time to come in a little bit deeper. So they're only really showing themselves deeply to a really select group. And if you're not in that group, sometimes people can feel it. They're like, oh, well, you're not getting close to me. And for a relator, they're thinking, well, we don't know each other yet. Mm -hmm. But for other people, like, so it's kind of this perception they have to understand about themselves. Relators are really good at going deep and having meaningful lasting relationships. But because they can't do that with everybody, some people might feel alienated by you because you haven't let them in. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And I wonder if the relator has people that rely on her that I mean, there's other strengths, but that rely on her. So she is giving her energy to them because it is a deep relationship, because there is yeah. that trust. But then she only has those few outlets. What I have seen through the pandemic is that the women leaders that I've worked with is they've carried so much yeah. on that at the end of the night, they, they crawl into bed and they haven't they haven't really found good ways to take care of themselves, because they have carried you know, their business, their team, the team safety, the team's stories of, of their family and friends and loved ones. And
1: yeah, what's interesting, what you're kind of alluding to, that is an exercise I do with a lot of people around their strengths. I actually did this with someone last night Mm -hmm. is to take your top five or your top 10, whatever you have, and to think about what needs do I have that are associated with somebody who has this strength? And to be able to ask yourself that one strength the, at a time is really, can be really insightful. But first, first, you start with just answering that question. What needs might I have as an activator that, that relate to being an activator? And maybe an example would be just like, I need, I need to start new projects. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to get going. Uh, you have high maximizer too. As a maximizer, what needs do I have? Well, you have a standard, maximizers have a standard for excellence. They like doing things well, and they want, they want things to be the best. And so they're sometimes, they're sometimes called perfectionists mm-hmm. because they do have this high quality, this standard of quality that's really high. And so a need that you have is to be able to apply that standard to things. What, what projects can I apply my standard for excellence to? Um, you have high strategic too. I'm just going to use your strengths. Awesome, beautiful. Yeah. So you have high strategic. People with high strategic uh, can see alternative paths, yes. Um, alternative ways forward, and like um, seeing around corners. They can see trends and patterns and things. So they, it's like a chess game. They can kind of see a couple moves ahead, and not everybody can always see that. So someone with high strategic mm-hmm. needs an outlet for their strategic thinking. They need to be able to think through what is the future? What are the next couple of steps in my business or for my team or for my organization? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a need that you have that may or may not be being met at this time. The last one, this, so this is important. You, you have positivity. High positivity needs positivity. Does it? Because, yes, because oh. you are a source of positivity for people. Being around too much negative or negativity can be a drainer. If you're expected that's, to that's uplift, li- uplift everybody else and they're being a bummer, that's going to drain you down. It's not going to pull them up. So mm-hmm. people with high positivity, they want to work with people that are relatively positive and just bring energy to the group. I'm going to bring everybody up with me. Mm-hmm. But if they're surrounded by too much negativity and criticism, it's draining. Mm-hmm. It, it, you need positivity in your life. It's kind of a reciprocal reciprocal Mm -hmm. things so the idea here is that first once you understand your needs Mm -hmm. then you can start to ask like are those needs being met and as you think about that there are likely not to be some of those right Um, an example when i did this assessment with my wife we learned that she has really high intellection is one of the one of the strengths people with high intellection need they value time in their own head They like to think things through deeply Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily process verbally. They process internally. Mm -hmm. And so one of the needs of somebody with high intellection is just alone time. They need quiet time and they need it every day. So as my wife and I were talking about the needs associated with her strengths and I asked like, are you getting enough alone time? And she was like, are you kidding? I have three kids that are constantly finding me everywhere I go, even when I'm trying to use the restroom, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. get alone time. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of a sudden we realized, oh my gosh, she's feeling this void or this emptiness in her intellection strength area of strength, because that need isn't being met. No, and that's obvious, actually
0: her self-care. She actually needs self-care. intellection
1: time. That's right. And instead of I'm the opposite, I love being around people and I like to talk mm-hmm. and she to be alone and have that alone time. So we started to realize I can build that in and I can partner with her on that. Yeah, yeah. There are times of the day or times of the week where I can take the kids and leave the house entirely. So it's quiet mm-hmm. and that fills her unlike anything else I could do to serve her. It is the number one way that I can allow my wife to self-care is by taking the kids and leaving the house so that she can have that intellectual time, that alone time every single one of these strengths has needs associated with them that if those needs aren't being met, that's a kind of a quick recipe to figure out how do I, how do we improve in some of these areas to meet my own needs so that I can be there for other people? Well, that's it.
0: You, you sent me that story of your wife um, before we talked and a leader that I work with in her top five is intellection. Mm. And before I got your message, you know, She has a lot going on. She's got a big job, runs a big company, has a team, um, is hiring. Her team is growing. Like all good things are happening. She's Canada and U.S. Like she's all over and a very smart, very smart woman. I don't think she realizes the impact she's really making on the world. She does have all these great big demands, but we have been carving out certain days for coaching, for people days, the days that nice. I'm there. I love yeah. those days, having people days. We have strategy days. We have time booked in for strategy. Cool. But lately, really as the pandemic was, as 2020 was coming to a close, we started to realize she really is being pulled in all directions. And, and, and so now it's the first quarter of 2021. And so we've been thinking about how do we carve out time? Like serious, we were calling it deep work. There's the book, um, the author escapes me, but deep work, but it's focused, dedicated, focused time, not no phone, no um, social media, no anything. And it's deep, dedicated, studious work. And we've been trying to carve out time for her. And then I read Um, your LinkedIn note to me about your wife and intellection. And I said to her, I said, that's exactly, that's exactly you. Your, your intellection is craving some think time. And I, I believe based on now what you've said, if she had some quiet focused, deep work time and booked and, and so we were thinking weekly. So maybe daily, if she had that, I think she would be stronger more capable, she yes. would be happier with her own, like self-care, with her own sense of accomplishment, like with her success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, so what, even just the example that you gave of somebody who, uh, the, the book to have time set aside to focus, that's going to need, there's actually a, um, a strength called focus, where okay. pe- people sometimes have a natural ability to do that and they don't need any help because it comes naturally to them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's also being able to use that focus energizes them. A concept that I think more and more people have gotten familiar with over the last few years is this idea of introversion and extroversion, not being about are you good with people or not good with people, it's about what energizes you. Do you get energized by being around people? You're an extrovert. Do you get energized by going and being by yourself? You're an introvert. There's a similar, it's kind of a similar take with the strengths too. There are people, there's a strength called woo. And it's this love of social interaction, love being around people. It fills me to meet strangers and to chat with someone in the, in the line at the grocery store or Truly. next to me in the plane. Right. You're smiling. Is, is that, do you relate it, to that? It's in my top 10. Oh, okay. It's gotta be, it's gotta <laughs> be sure. in your top 10. So, so that it's not just that you're good at social interaction. It's that it fills you. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people who are really good at social interactions, but they hate it. They've learned to do it. It's become a skill because they needed it to be a skill, but then they go home and they crash. Mm -hmm. It's that's part of what we're learning about strengths too, is someone with high intellection. They may be really good at engaging with the team and being around people because they've had to. That's part of their job, it's what they're paid for. And you may not even realize that this person is going home and just crashing because they need alone time Mm -hmm. and they've gotta get away. So that's exactly what you just described is exactly what people are learning about their strengths across the board. Intellection is an easy one to talk about because it's kind of that distinction between do do you get energized being around people or do you get energized being alone? And almost 100% of the time, when I meet with someone with high intellection, they just want to be alone because it energizes them. They love it, just like some people love being around people.
0: This is why, like I think, more and more, you're just you're totally empowering and encouraging me to continue with the Strengths Finder. Some some leaders are, you know, no, I know my team good enough, and there, it it's the language to help each other communicate about what we need. And when we were trying to help sort out this leaders, all the work that she's trying to accomplish, I knew Intellection was in her top five, but I didn't really stop to think of it until, until I met you and until I really, and then I, of course I went running into her office. Like, you know, (laughs) we have the key, like it's actually been right in front of us. It's been pretty obvious. We were circling around it Anyways, it just it opens my mind and, and encourages me to keep doing the strengths finder with teams so yeah. that the leader oh, totally. and her team can can just understand where everybody's coming from or what isn't it interesting that you know, when when you were talking about being able to see around the corner and kind of being the strategic thinker yeah. that or seeing common themes, like that has been something that I can do. And so when it was written for me in a report. I remember like showing friends like, and no, that wasn't something that they could do. And I thought, I thought everybody thought (laughs) like that. That's right. At the very least, if, you know, if there are people listening to this podcast today, I'm hoping that they will consider the taking the assessment at the very least to better understand that you think and approach and sort of it's perspective, but it's something else about, like it's built into your DNA on, yeah, on how deeper. you value or how you respond.
1: Yeah. yeah. And a, not everybody. Sorry, not everybody?
0: Not Yeah, not everybody thinks the same way, it turns out.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that's actually, your example of strategic was a conversation I had with an old boss of mine mm-hmm. who uh, we had, I did coaching within my organization and we were talking about, she made the comment, she used the words, the writing's on the wall. She was talking about the situation. She's like, oh, but the writing's on the wall. This is what's going to happen. And that's when I would pause her and be like, okay, wait, you use that term to that. It almost implying that what you're seeing is obvious. That's your strategic. Now back up with me and tell me the steps, the trends and the patterns that you've been seeing up until this point that made you say the words, the writing's on the wall, because the writing's not on the wall for everybody else. So I was like, walk me through it. Let's back up. And it's like, well, I got this email. I had this one hall conversation. I noticed that we fired this person and hired this person. It's like she's connecting all of these dots over weeks to a point where she's like, well, everybody sees this and the writing's on the wall. And I'm like, nah, everybody does not see this. You have put together these things that you need to spell out for the rest of us. And there are a lot of people who have strategic. So it's not like she was the only one, but, but it was so interesting to help her realize like this, you think it's nothing because you've always thought this way, but that's it doesn't see what you see. Help us see it. Bring us along with you. It's so good coach.
0: What a good coach, Micah. Yeah. My mind, I'm just like, I'm, I'm signaling that my mind is like blown. So yeah, (laughs) you're exactly right. No strategic. Isn't a unique way of thinking However, when someone is strategic, they have, they have calculated, they have put all these pieces together. Mm-hmm. And when you get the report, like when I got the report of my strengths, I remember thinking, well, that's how we all think until I started to compare with the rest of us who had done the strengths finder and realize, Oh, yours are very different than mine. Like yeah. so we had people in the room who were much more kind of executors, get stuff done. And I had other people in the room who were more um, relationship woo right.
1: um,
0: kind of sales. And so what a good coach to actually call out, to use that strength and, and to call it out and say, obviously you've put it together that you see the writing on the wall. That's right. The whole group of us, the the people that are following that leader, we may not have. We'll get there. Yeah. Or or you can point out some patterns, but
1: you have to let us into your mind. We got you got to let us in and see what you see. It's interesting that the one of the primary reasons I I lo- I mean I love behavioral sciences. I like assessments like like this, mm-hmm. and so I've seen the Myers Briggs. I've the Myers Briggs. I've seen. Um, Enneagram. There are a lot of tests out there, and there's truth to all of them. I like them all mm-hmm. because they provide some perspective that Insight. I think is usually consistent. There's something consistent about all of them, mm-hmm. even though they come at different angles. What I love about them, and especially the Clifton Strengths, is it gets you get so deep into why people might be thinking, feeling, or behaving certain ways, and by having those conversations with people using the language of the Clifton Strengths it just increases self-awareness. There's this, this concept that I do a lot in my coaching of you, by knowing yourself a little bit better, you can observe those behaviors easier. And when you've started to observe these behaviors in your regular life and you recognize them in real time, like, oh, my positivity is, is on high right now, or my strategic is really giving me insights right now. You're recognizing it in the moment then it becomes a choice. The way that you live, the way that you think, the way that you behave becomes a choice because you're so aware of what's going on in your own mind and and the strengths are a language to do that. It it increases self-awareness so that how you come about, how you live your life and the choices you make are just that, it's a choice, it's your choice. I'm going to lean into this strength and be more of who I already am. And at times I'm gonna dial back this strength because it's not appropriate for this situation, like mm-hmm. you're not going to go to a funeral and let your positivity run wild. Mm-hmm. You're you're gonna you're gonna take it back a little bit when it's not appropriate, yeah. or or maybe adjust it for the situation. Yeah. And that's a choice that you make because you know yourself, and your self awareness has grown through something like the Clifton Strengths.
0: Yeah, and I would put a challenge out to all the leaders listening that it is self awareness, and I would challenge you to pay for the strengths, the Clifton strengths for each person on your team, because I think these difficult conversations, I've got to come up with a more positive version, uh, <laughs> Micah, if you have a suggestion, but they're difficult conversations. And so they're difficult because we're all coming at it at a different angle, because the leader wants to win at business, because we've got objectives, because all the things. And so if we could get our team to do their strengths and be aware of what their five their five are a as a leader i'm more aware but then b i might just be a bit more open accepting to what the other person's strengths are. And either, like you said, go to them because that's not a strength of, mi- a strength of mine. And I'm hoping that she probably hasn't surrounded herself with people exactly like her. She's yeah. tried to fill in some of her gaps. So use them to the advantage. But also if you're going to have a difficult conversation, if you're worried about performance or you have to have that kind of conversation, then you're approaching them knowing their their strengths and their values and what they bring to the table.
1: And you can meet them where they are rather than expecting them to meet you where you are.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't they think the way I think? Why aren't yeah. they a high achiever like I'm a high achiever? Why Why don't they see the writing on the wall? Why, yeah, why yeah. don't they need individual it. time, like deep focused um, yeah. intellectual time like I do? You got it. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Any other like really... Awesome tips for leaders in a pandemic.
1: <laughs> oh, in and in you had to throw that qualifier in a pandemic in there. Let me think. Yeah. Tips oh. for a leader in a pandemic.
0: The reason I ask is I am, so I know you're in the States, uh-huh. um, but I'm here in Ontario and Canada, and we are in another lockdown, another state of emergency where. You know, kids are home from school and it feels like it feels so heavy. And, you know, there's there's no fun, Micah like We're not we're not traveling. <laughs> the, for the most part, people aren't traveling. Yeah. You know, we're not gathering. I wonder if there's anything that you would think about with the strengths or in your coaching sessions yeah. that you would remind leaders you know when they feel like the weight of the world is on their
1: shoulders yeah i i think the only thing that comes to mind is that i would just encourage you to watch your assumptions we're we're often making assumptions about how our leadership is being uh, received and how our people want to be led and that doesn't have to be an assumption uh I, especially as we've talked about our strengths inform our viewpoint our world view if you assume everybody's like you, Mm. then if you're a person who loves social interaction as a leader, you might assume that everybody's dying having to work from home full time. When in reality, some of those people with high intellection are like, this is glorious. I love that I don't have to go into the office every day. Like some people may actually really be thriving in a situation where they get to work remotely permanently. So it's part of it, like you said, is knowing yourself and the other half of it is knowing your people. And rather than making assumptions about the way that you lead and how it's affecting them or how you think they want to be led, ask them. Ask them, learn their strengths and lead them the way that they need to be led and check your assumptions at the door.
0: What a great piece of advice. That's exactly it, check your assumptions. Yeah, hopefully everybody will just rewind 15 seconds and re-listen <laughs> Listen to, to you there. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. This is, this is exactly why I needed you on Overflow to talk to leaders, to remind us, to check our assumptions, to remind us to, I love the be more self-aware. And in that is assuming that, oh, doesn't everybody um, get energized by people? Doesn't everybody see what's around the corner, the writing on the wall? Yeah. So I love, that's a, that's a great tip. Well, listen, are you- um, yeah, this as is we so come- fun,
1: so fun to talk to
0: you. Yes. Well, we'll do a follow-up. I'm going to bring you some. I'll bring you some leaders and and we can uh, Clifton strengths.
1: Oh, I'd love that.
0: Analyze them. And
1: that's my favorite.
0: (laughs) Maybe we'll do a, a LinkedIn live with some interesting
1: characters. That would be fun. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. As we come to a close, I like to know if there's anything that you're reading, like any book that you would recommend or any podcast you're listening to.
1: I just, I've been talking about this book a lot lately, I guess because I read it recently, but there's a book called Range that kind of flipped my perspective on gaining experience. Uh, In a a nutshell, it's almost like a counterpoint to the well-known Malcolm Gladwell uh, concept that 10,000 hours leads to high performance in, in any given skill. And the book Range talks about the fact that being a generalist, can actually help you find what you're best at over the long-term, whereas focusing 10,000 hours on any one thing early on can actually restrict you from really finding where your niche is, like where your your wow. talents really align the most. And it was just a cool, it was cool to see something, I love Malcolm Gladwell's books, all of them, Yes, but it was cool to hear kind of a different perspective that actually resonated more with my own experience in my life and career, than the 10,000 hour rule. So it was. A, it's a good book. I would definitely recommend it.
0: Range, who's it by?
1: His name is David Epstein or Epstein.
0: What about this, um, Micah? If you had a piece of advice, if you could go back to your 21-year-old self or if you had a 21-year-old in front of you, would you have any advice for them today? <sighs> how,
1: did, how have I not thought of this question before? Hmm. Knowing what I know now about the Clifton strengths, mm-hmm. like that—that's probably that's probably where I would go. That would mm-hmm. be the advice I would give myself. Not just to take the assessment, mm-hmm. but to understand it. I spent ten years, eleven, actually, almost eleven years working for a Fortune 100 company. That experience was really critical to where I am today, and I, you know, I don't feel any regret for it. Mm-hmm but I didn't love it. It didn't fill me the way that working for myself and starting my own business does and being a coach and doing team development workshops with with teams in in corporations and small businesses and startups. That fills me. And it's because I get to use my strengths. I get to do what I do best on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. And I was still successful in my corporate job, but I didn't love it. Now, now I love it. I love what I do. And that could have I could have started that earlier. I don't regret it, but that's what I would tell myself. That's my advice, yeah. yeah.
0: And what do you think about this, the, um, the assessment, Micah? Do you think they, is there an age? Mm-hmm. Soon or how oh, early does someone take it? Yeah, like is 21? Are you officially an adult so you can you know your strengths, or can you take it at 16? <laughs> yeah. Or
1: so Gallup. This is the, this is a question. Gallup has actually kind of created a response to this question. Oh, they, they made a kids version of the assessment that's more aligned with kids. I think between nine and 13 years old, mm-hmm. and maybe the kids ages.
0: language, like maybe their perspective y- yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, the adult version uses very much kind of it has kind of a business uh, slant to the language. And so I've even had, I've had stay at home moms who've never really had any time in the business world, take the assessment. And they're like, okay, well, a couple of the questions threw me off because I don't don't use that language in my life. And so it's not a perfect uh, parallel, even for adults, but they have a kid's version. I think it's 10 to 14 is the age that they suggest for the kid's version. And then 14 and above, they say, go to, go to town on the regular version. So they say even as early as 14, somebody can take the assessment and understand the results. So high schoolers.
0: I think that'd be great advice. Yeah. I think that'd be great advice. I have have a daughter, she'll be 15 this summer. And even just to help teenagers remember, remind them to Mm -hmm. test their assumptions. That you're thinking that way, but maybe someone in the group isn't, and yeah. maybe they're bringing thinking other about strengths.
1: A career path: Where do they want to go to college? What program do they want to enroll in? Like, what what are your strengths will be an indicator, or your daughter's strengths if she takes it, mm-hmm. will be an indicator of where she'll excel and what will bring her joy. And joy. so, if you can find that that match or that fit with the career path that she chooses, she's more likely to stay on track and good not tip. be surprised later in her career that she picked something that wasn't up her alley.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, good tip. All right. I'll talk to her after this. All right,
1: That's cool. really good.
0: And listen, <laughs> my last question is, I always like to ask, how are you living in your overflow? I think, I think of overflow is like your awesomeness, like you're equally yeah. living an awesome life. You're, you have self-care mm-hmm. doing well.
1: Well, honestly, the, like, this is the perfect time to ask that because six, yeah, six weeks ago, I quit my corporate job. This was just recent. So no. I, yeah, I, I worked there for 11 years. I knew I wanted to start my own business, but because we're a single income household, I have three kids and I'm married. It was so hard it for me six to step weeks away ago. six weeks ago.
0: No. So I
1: finally was like, I'm doing this. If it doesn't work out, I can go back to a corporate job uh, and and try that, but if I don't do this, I will regret it. And so I quit my job. Uh, I left behind my insurance and my corporate salary, and just said, "I'm going to start my own business and do coaching." So it has. So been... activator
0: met with deliberative, like you. you, you... No,
1: no activator at all. It was that took us a few years. I just felt I felt such a heavy responsibility to provide Absolutely. for my family. Absolutely, I sacrificed my own professional joy. to be the provider for my family. And I was okay with that. But then I I reached this point and my wife saw it in me that I just wasn't loving what I did. And so we kind of agreed, we can try this for a year. I'm going to start my own business. If I can make it work, this is my new career. If not, I go back. And it's been the best six weeks of my career, the last six weeks working for myself. So that's how I'm living in my overflow.
0: Well, congratulations. Thank my, you. Uh, you, my, you. You've knocked me off my chair. You've blown my mind a couple of times with this conversation. I'm good. I'm glad. Six, six weeks. Well, congratulations and welcome to entrepreneurhood. <laughs> I you. wish you much success and really I'm going to take you up on it. I think we need to have a couple leaders join us and have a conversation about their strengths. I'm and I would that. just encourage, yeah, anyone who's listening, like take the assessment. It's not a lot. You, I mean, I think the book is really great. You don't have to buy the book. You could just do the assessment. Is Mm -hmm. it? It's about two hundred questions, and they're timed.
1: It's about thirty. Yeah, thirty to forty minutes max. Each question is timed. You can't debate. You go with your gut. You can't. You you go with your gut. That's right. And you can get you can get the top five. I I have team do the top five all the time just yeah. because for a team that's enough to start with and those Absolutely. are it's 20 for bucks a new recruit, for that's right for the top five and it's 50 dollars for the full report mm-hmm. which i always recommend for leaders
0: all right well i will go back and look into my getting my extended version but thank you thank you so much for joining
1: thank you pleasure. so much
0: for sharing your insight this is exactly what we needed today
1: thank you kimberly it was a pleasure to be here
0: I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.